Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. I am so glad you're here with me today because we are going to talk about my favorite topic or one of my favorite topics. I have so many favorites. I really do. But today is one of my favorite topics. So please make sure you have your notebook ready because we are going to talk about so much great information today. You don't want to miss a beat. Are you ready? Are you ready to guess what that topic is going to be? Today, we're talking about poop. Huh, didn't see that one coming, did you? Yes, if you know me well, or if you are one of my clients, you know how much I love talking about poop. Listen, you cannot be a dietitian and you cannot have lots of kids if you are not willing to talk about poop. Because your poop tells a story. It tells a story about your health, and we are going to go all in. We're going to talk about color. We're going to talk about what it's made of. We're going to talk about the shape. How often? Should it sink? Should it float? Guys, we are talking about it all. I happened to mention that I was going to do a podcast about poop to one of my friends, and he's like, oh my God, this is going to be a four-hour episode. That is how much I like talking about poop. All right. So again, I mentioned when you have lots of kids, you talk about poop because that's what kids do, right? Remember back to those diaper days or maybe you're in those diaper days now and the blowouts. Oh my gosh, the blowouts. They were terrible. And for whatever reason, I only learned, I don't know, in the past how old are my girls? Eight years. So probably five years ago, I learned that you can pull the onesies down. Do you know how hard it is to try to roll up the back of the onesie when there's poop in it and try to pull it over the kid's head so you don't get poop in their hair? You know, I was maybe successful 50, 60% of the time, but a blowout pretty much meant a full-on bath submersion because it was everywhere. Why I only learned this information five years ago is beyond me. Uh, Very, very helpful if I would have had that information before I had kids. But we are not without our poop stories here at our house, at the Delgado house. Um, I remember one of my kids, and just to maintain their privacy, I'm not going to tell you which ones, but I had one boy who was so scared to poop because he thought it was going to hurt that, of course, he made it hurt. Because he was holding it. So then it did hurt and it reinforced his fears. 
And I honestly, I remember laying on the bathroom floor with him, just crying and pleading with God, please make this child poop so we can get over this. Because if you have a kid with a pooping issue, it runs your life. It's terrible. And so I had one kid that was afraid to poop. I had another kid when he was really little, like infant little, he didn't poop for almost three weeks. And so, of course, we were concerned. And, you know, what are we going to do to make this kid pass a stool? I thought maybe there was a blockage. He had x-rays done. Um, The doctor diagnosed him as FOS, which pretty much means full of shit. (laughs) Yes, he was diagnosed with FOS. I don't know what happened, but his gut was working fine. But let's just say when the floodgates opened... Oh my word, it was everywhere and it didn't stop coming. Oh, it was terrible. I actually remember I was at a friend's house for a Bible study and we were in the middle of the Bible study and all of a sudden I was holding him and my hand got really warm and all of a sudden it just started oozing out everything. We had to stop what we were doing. We took him up into the bathtub And I felt so terrible. I like offered to come and, you know, sanitize her whole bathroom because it was just everywhere. Oh my goodness. It makes me laugh thinking about it now. But I will tell you the biggest poop story of all, the winner, the prize, it goes to the girls because they figured out somewhere, I don't even know how old they were, but they figured out they could reach into their diaper and smear poop all over their crib all over themselves, all over their bedding, and they would always do it after nap time or in the morning. And it was horrific. So we live in a farmhouse and the girls, uh, their bedroom is on the third floor and you could smell it as you were walking up the second floor because it was so putrid. And we didn't know what to do because we're like, how do we stop them from reaching in their diapers and smearing it everywhere and we didn't have video we didn't have a video monitor we just had like the audio one so we never knew that they were doing it and um I remember somebody suggested hey put their pajamas on backwards and so we did but the girls were always a step ahead of us they would crawl into each other's cribs and they would unzip the pajamas for each other and we're like all right well that doesn't work So Jim decided, hey, I'm going to get packaging tape and we would tell the girls before nap time and before bedtime, put your hands up, you're under arrest. And they would put their hands up and Jim would loop packing tape underneath their armpits, not too tight, you know, because he didn't want to make sure they could breathe, of course. Um, But, you know, we had to do it loose enough that they could breathe, but tight enough that they couldn't wiggle out of it. And wouldn't you know... They figured that one out too. Like we were celebrating. We were high-fiving ourselves like, ha ha, parents are smarter than you. Only to figure out or only to find out, I should say, that they figured out how to take the tape off when they helped each other out. And we're like, oh my goodness, like this has to stop because this is disgusting. I can't be sanitizing these rooms twice a day, every day. Oh, it was so nasty. I can't even tell you. And so finally, we came up with our plan. We put the pajamas on backwards. We put the packing tape around 
their torsos. And then we put a nightgown on top of the packaging tape. And that was the winner because they did not know how to get the nightgown off of their heads, off of their bodies to access the packing tape, to access the zipper that was going down their back to put on, you know, to keep them from getting into their diapers. And so I am happy to announce that after months of frustration and months of disgustingness, we figured it out. Parents won. And that whole dilemma and that whole saga is over. But it's the perfect lead-in for our discussion today. So get ready. You guys are going to poop school. Let's talk about it. Like I said earlier, your poop tells a story. And when I can talk to people or talk to patients about their poop, I can figure out, you know, what's going on in their diet. Are they drinking enough fluid? Are they eating enough fiber? Do they have any food intolerances? And one of the tools that I like to use in our discussions is the Bristol stool scale. So if you are at a place right now where you can stop what you're doing, pause this for a second, go on the line, pull up a Bristol stool scale. You can just Google Bristol stool scale. And what it will do is it'll give you a pictorial representation of poop. And the scale goes from one to seven. One, two, and three are more indicative of constipation. Four is the normal smooth log. And then five through seven is more on the diarrhea scale. And so what I want you to do is I want you to figure out where are you at now? What is your normal? And then we're going to have a conversation of what actually is normal because so many people for so long, they've had their normal poop that they've never even known to question, is it normal? Is my poop the way it should look? And so we're going to talk about that today. One fun fact, I don't know if you're going to call this fun, but one fun fact I found in some of my research is the average American man poops a third of a pound of poop a day. Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that crazy? I like to think women were a little bit more dainty, so maybe we're about a quarter of a pound. But if you were to extrapolate that data, that would equal, for a man at least, five pounds, or I should say five tons of poop in a lifetime. Ah, that's nuts. So if we're going to be pooping five tons, let's make sure it's good, healthy poop. All right, so let's review a couple terms. Some of these, obviously, you're going to be very familiar with, but let's talk about diarrhea first. So diarrhea is when the stool passes through the large intestine too quickly. And sometimes diarrhea can be caused by a virus, um, or it could also be uh, an allergic reaction or some type of food intolerance. Sometimes it can be caused by stress and anxiety. And this is something I see a lot in my office. Um, The gut and how we feel, our emotions are so intricately laced together. And so a lot of times when we are feeling stressed or emotional, it can lead to runnier stools. And so this is something obviously that can be acute diarrhea because it happens one time or for a, you know, a day or so. And then there's also people that struggle with chronic diarrhea. We're not going to talk about that today, but if that is something that you struggle with, absolutely a dietitian can help you with that. There are certain foods that you can eat or certain diets that you can follow that can help 
minimize the frequency or change the consistency so that it is more normal. And then there's the other end. There's constipation, where the stool passes through the large intestine too slowly. Now, people with constipation, they can either experience difficulty passing their stool. It can be painful or there could be straining. Um, Feelings of incomplete evacuation. You know what I'm saying here. You know, you finish your, you finish pooping, but yet you still feel like there's stuff in your intestine. Um, People with constipation could also have very hard poop or just reduced frequency. You know, they only go every couple days or once a week. And all of them could be classified as constipation. Here's the deal. Pooping should be spontaneous. You should get the urge. You should go to the bathroom. You should relieve yourself. End of story. But there definitely are things that can influence spontaneity. All right, things like childbirth trauma, things like surgery, or even different medications. Uh, Sometimes diagnoses can affect pooping. Um, For example, diabetes. Diabetes can weaken the nerves in the colon and can cause constipation. So when it comes to poop, we all want to know what is normal poop? What does it look like? If you're looking at that Bristol stool scale, it should be a four It should be soft. It should be formed. All right. There should be no extreme urgency. Urgency. Can't even say that word. There should be no extreme urgency, but there should also be no straining. Typically, after you poop, you should feel great. Right. You should almost feel light, lighter afterwards because you've had a complete evacuation. All right. For most of us, we can't necessarily say that all is true. For some, we can. And I will say that my men clients, they are like clockwork. You know, it's like they get up. It's always in the morning, too. They get up. They do their business. They, you know, spend however much time in the bathroom, whether it's all warranted or not. (laughs) Um, They go. Business as usual. Business is over. And then on their way. But females, ugh, we struggle sometimes. And a lot of different things impact us, like stress, like hormones, like hydration, like fluid shifts, like our diets. All right. If you feel the urge, you do your business, and you can leave the bathroom as fast as you would as if you were urinating, you're doing it right. That's a good sign. So, again, When we look at poop, we're looking at shape, we're looking at, you know, whether it's um, a log, whether it's pebbles, whether it's formed, like we really want to look at the shape and the consistency of our poop. So perfect poop is log-liked and S-shaped. It's not broken into pieces or pebbles. And fiber can really help this. Fiber is one of those things that absolutely dictates what your poop looks like. Now, if we were to ask what is poop made of, 75% of your poop is water. The rest is fiber, dead bacteria cells, live bacteria cells, other cells, and mucus. Now, insoluble fiber like corn and oats and carrots, those are really difficult for your body to digest. So a lot of times you see pieces of these foods in your poop, sometimes still intact, right? You know, if you've had corn the next day, 
you can probably see corn in your poop. But again, your poop is made mostly of water. Now, poop color can vary based on what you eat. For example, if you eat beets, guess what? Your poop is going to look red or even pink. If you eat a lot of leafy greens, that can turn your poop green. Certain medications can turn your poop white or a clay color. What you really want to be careful of is jet black poop. Now, this could be from an iron supplement or even black licorice, but more times than not, a jet black poop is indicative of an upper GI bleed. And so by the time you pass it, um, the blood is, is old and it's dark. And so if you have jet black poop, you absolutely want to be having a conversation with your doctor. Obviously, if you see blood in your stool, that is another conversation you are having with your doctor. Do not wait on this. Okay. Now, how often should you poop? Okay. So some people are routine. Again, mostly men in my experience. And some people are not routine and both are okay. The most important thing is that you are consistent with your routine. Things like your diet, changing how much fiber you have in your diet or how much water you drink can absolutely influence the frequency and how often you poop. But certain things like GI disorders or an overactive thyroid can also affect output. So if you have a change in your normal, that is something that you bring up to your doctor at your next visit or at your, your well check. Because again, your poop tells a story. My favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes is, if you listen to your body whisper, you won't have to hear it scream. Your body is great at giving you information. It's telling you when you need extra rest or you need extra help. Um, during this whole COVID thing, uh, especially with the chaos of trying to work from home and also the kids all being at home, my left eye will not stop twitching. And so that is my body trying to tell me, you are stressed out. You need to continue to practice self-care and you need to continue taking things off your plate right now because you're not well. And I could blow off the twitching eye because, you know, medically there's nothing wrong. But if I blow that off too long, guess what? Other parts of my body are going to start screaming at me because they're overstressed. So listen to your body. All right. Um, again, we want to be dialed in with our frequency. Again, changing our diet can help that. But um, if you notice a change and you haven't done anything differently, that's something you want to bring up to your doctor. If your stool shape all of a sudden changes, uh, for example, if you start seeing pencil thin poop, that could be a sign of rectal cancer. That is something you bring up to your doctor. If you are typically pooping logs all the time and all of a sudden you see pencil thin poop, bring it up to your doctor, right? We can help you. We can, we can get you the proper testing. We can, you know, do something about it when things can be done versus when it's too late. All right. 
And so the last question I wanted to address is, should your poop sink or float? And the answer is it should sink. All right. Floating poop usually means that there's too much fat in the poop, which could mean a fat malabsorption. Uh, it could even be indicative of celiac disease or chronic pancreatitis. So guess what? We need to look at our poop. This isn't something where we just go do our business and then quick flush the toilet and pretend it didn't happen. We actually need to look at it. We need to observe it. We need to pay attention to it because it will tell us how we're doing from a health standpoint. And if I can teach you nothing else but to look at your poop and to work on um, trying to get towards fours, I have done my job as a dietitian. So your next question may be, how do I improve my poop? Let's say I am a one, two, or three. How do I get it to be a four? Or let's say you're a five, six, or seven. How do I get it to be a four? Well, absolutely fiber is going to impact your poop. Now there's different types of fiber. There's soluble fiber that slows things down and there's insoluble fiber that speeds things up. And so talking to a dietitian is a great way to figure out, do you need to add one of these, you know, soluble fiber versus insoluble diet fiber in your diet more? And we would be happy to help you. We love talking about that stuff. Uh, different vitamins, different minerals. If you're having more constipation, sometimes magnesium can help. But again, don't just start taking a magnesium supplement without finding out how much you should take and if it's right for your diet. We never want to just take stuff without talking to a professional about it first. Uh, water. Water is so important when it comes to your stools, right? If we're eating all this great food to bulk up our stool, we need to push it through somehow. And water is a great lubricant to do that. And so some people, um, you know, they're increasing their fiber and things are going great. They're, you know, they're expecting to have more four-shaped poop, but instead they're going backwards. Instead of twos and threes, now they're at ones. This is a hydration issue. We just need to drink more water so we can push that poop through. And the third thing that can influence your poop is exercise. Exercise, guys, it's so helpful with digestion. Okay, and so we want to make sure we're moving daily so that we can keep our stools moving along, right? So that we feel our best. Now, I will tell you, I had a client one time who was so obsessed about her poop. Um, it almost was becoming troublesome. You know, she would have an issue with constipation and she'd freak out because she didn't like the way she felt when she was constipated. So then she would take a laxative to help move her bowels. But then her stools were loose and she didn't like that. So then she tried to um, take Pepto-Bismol and eat high fiber. And I told her, I'm like, you, ha you have to slow down here, right? Sometimes it takes your body a couple days to adjust to the changes you're making. So when it comes to poop, we need a little bit of patience, right? Our bodies are great at taking care of us and they want to keep us regular and regulated. So if you notice that um, your poop isn't where you want it to be and you want to make changes, we want to do it slowly and we want to have patience. 
Otherwise, we're just going to screw up the whole system and it's going to take even longer to get where it needs to be. But again, if you have questions, this is a great opportunity for you to talk to a dietitian. Again, most people's insurances cover nutrition therapy. And so take advantage of that. And we would love to see you at Body Metrics. If we're the dietitian in your area, or even if we're outside of your area, because we do see virtual clients, um, we would love to be that resource for you and to help you. Because a lot of times when it comes to poop, we're embarrassed, or we don't know who to talk to about it, because it just seems like a, a funny topic. You know, for some people, you might be struggling with IBS, and you've been struggling with it for a very long time. We can help you with that. For others, you might be dealing with celiac disease or colitis or Crohn's disease. We can help you with that too. I will let you know, you will be very hard pressed to find somebody who enjoys talking about poop as much as I do and my colleagues in my practice. So it is a safe place to talk about it. Now, one more note. When you are going to the bathroom, do not spend additional time on the toilet. This is how hemorrhoids can develop. All right. So no reading books, no hiding from your kids, no reading magazines, no scrolling through your phone. Do your business. Get up, get out. All right. Okay. That was a lot of information. Hopefully you guys found it really helpful. So let's talk about our recipe. All right. Our recipe this week is banana oat pancakes. Now, I don't know about you, but bananas, (laughs) but pancakes, I'm sorry, pancakes rarely fill me up. Like I'll eat a couple and then 10 minutes later, I'm hungry again. But I found this recipe where we can add oats instead of flour and it absolutely fills you up. So when you're looking for high fiber and filling pancakes, this is your spot. This is your recipe. Okay, for this recipe, you're gonna need four small bananas. You're gonna need a teaspoon of real maple syrup, one teaspoon of vanilla, two eggs beaten, one and a half cup of oat flour, two teaspoons of baking powder, a half a teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of cinnamon, and optional is a half a cup of mini chocolate chips or toasted walnuts. Now, here's a secret. When you need to make oat flour, do not buy it at the grocery store. It's expensive. All you need to do is put a one-to-one ratio. So in this recipe, we need one and a half cups of oat flour. So we're going to take one and a half cups of oats, and that can be quick oats, that can be regular oats, and we're just going to stick them in the food processor and process them until it resembles flour. It's a great hack. For oat flour, I don't necessarily use it a lot in baking, but I always have, you know, oatmeal at home in, you know, the, like I said, the quick cook oats always have them at home. And so anytime I want to make these pancakes, I just stick one and a half cups of oats in my food processor and out comes oat flour. All right. So here are your directions. In a small bowl, you're going to combine the mashed bananas, the maple syrup and vanilla And once they're incorporated, you're going to add the eggs and mix well. In a medium bowl, you're going to stir together the oat flour, the baking powder, the salt, and the cinnamon. 
Next, you're gonna pour the wet ingredients into the bowl of dry ingredients, but be careful here. You don't want to overmix or it's gonna make your pancakes tough. And you're just gonna stir the ingredients until it's combined. Again, don't overmix. Next, you're gonna let the batter sit for 10 minutes to thicken up. If you're gonna use your chocolate chips and walnuts, this is the time to add them and just gently stir to combine. Next, we're gonna preheat a nonstick pan over medium-low heat. Uh, in our house, we use a griddle. You're gonna uh, set it at 350 degrees. Once the surface of the pan is hot enough, you're gonna pour a quarter cup of the batter onto the pan and you're going to let it cook for three minutes. Now this is important here because you're using oat flour. It's not gonna get those beautiful bubbles as if you were using a regular flour. And um, so we wanna use a timer for this, otherwise it can burn. Again, the oat pancakes are gonna be darker in color because you're using oats and not flour, like a white flour. So the clock is gonna be your friend with this. So we're gonna put it on the pan for about three minutes until we can maybe start to see a couple bubbles around the edge of the cake. And then we're gonna flip and we're gonna cook for another 90 seconds. And so that's it. There are your pancakes. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had a fraction of as much fun as I did talking about poop. And um, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.